last week on Bridgerton, Prince Frederick was making the moves on Daphne, but in the heat of the moment, Simon and Daphne started making out in the in a hedge maze. And it caught the attention of Tony, who challenged Simon to a duel. Thankfully, Daphne interfered. No one was harmed. And it looks like Daphne and Simon are getting married, even though he's impotent. Also, Benedict met up with Sir Henry, a.k.a. Charles Blake from Downton Abbey, and they had one of these crazy parties. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Eloise and Penelope are on the beefing. Marina's going after Colin Bridgerton. And this whole wacky world of Bridgerton is uh, unraveling in front of us. So let's see what happens this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Well, I'm We are back on the back half of Bridgerton this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Absolutely. Uh, things are moving along on the show as we yeah enter that back half. Uh, is there anything going on in the world of Downton and Crown and, and Bridgerton news, Dave, that you want to talk about? Not to my knowledge. I haven't seen I, I haven't. I feel like it's been a busy week, but I also feel like I haven't seen anything pop up. So Yeah. I mean, we did get feedback from a listener, from Yolanda, that uh, they checked again on the sheets in episode one with Marina. <laughs> There's no blood on the sheets. I was mistaken. I, I think I was speaking out of turn with, with, with my understanding. <laughs> you know, this year, uh, I, as a first-time viewer, we're missing things. But that means we're I'm, enjoying the show. I would rather enjoy the show than watch it with a magnifying glass. To my credit, glass. I rewound the show the first time. I went back and rewound it again last night, and I can see how I I, I, I thought I saw blood. There, it happens so fast, that scene. Okay. And, and it, it's in a dimly lit, you know, afternoon setting. I swear, I swear, I saw something on the sheets, but it, it wasn't, it clearly was not blood. It was just crumbs. Was that, she was just eating in bed. It was just some, some <laughs> potato chip crumbs. It was, a, it was a different kind of stain, the, the brown variety. I, I don't know. Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's the 1800s here. We just, you know, we don't, I don't have know. that high. <laughs> Considering how high. like how much we we we've spent more time talking about that scene than it actually ran in the show. So, uh, yeah, let's just let it be. We we're trying our best here with our analysis. <laughs> yeah, that's well. Here we are. It's 100 degrees on the on the east coast right now, and it's 100 degrees on the west coast. It's it's heating up, man. The H is O. Yeah. And as I say, sun's out, bun's out. Is that right? Sure. Is that what they say? <laughs> what, what some... <laughs> well, well, I think it's actually sun's out, gun's out, but I think for this episode it's more appropriate to say that the buns are, they are out of the oven. They are And the guns cooked. are out. The buns and the guns in this episode. Are the there guns, guns in this episode? The guns episode? have been out. <laughs> okay. During all the boxing scenes. Oh, the, oh yeah, th- those guns. I thought you were talking about the guns at the in the duel at the end of the last. Oh yeah, episode. well, there's, so there's always there's always guns in various forms in Bridgerton. Yeah, Bridgerton very uh, pro gun wanna... show. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I would say I would preface so um, we're going to talk about Bridgerton, but I think at the end of this show, usually we talk about other things we've been watching. I think we'll have a little bit of a discussion of F nine because I know the listeners are wondering what our thoughts are on that movie. Sure. <laughs> so you can stick around for that. <laughs> but. Until then, let's get around to season one, episode five of Bridgerton, The Duke and I. Indeed. Where do we start with this one? Because I feel like... Daphne's stripping down. Yep. 
<laughs> but it's only to get in bed real quick. Oh, yeah, because she's running home to sneak. This is immediately following the events of the duel. Mm-hmm. This is like an so 80s she music video. Duel. <laughs> she runs yeah. in. She takes. She puts on her pajamas and puts her head down on the pillow. And then immediately the maid comes in, Rose, and says, mm-hmm. "Time to get up." And she's like, ah. <laughs> "It's like Ferris Bueller." <laughs> yeah. Can you fill me in? Where, where, where you been? She's been sleeping. Uh, what a eventful morning to go to a duel, uh, propose to a man, and then have to hide all that by going back to bed. She's probably, I mean, yeah, and she's probably tired. It's a long day. Oh, I yeah. If I were her, I'd, I'd actually say, you know, I need fifteen. I need to take a little nap here. Right, I'm hit the snooze out. button, Rose. <laughs> yeah, if only that existed back then. Uh. But, yeah, she goes to her mother, who has a terrible headache for some reason. She's very sick in this opening scene. Well, she was at this party the, the previous... Was it the two nights? Was it, was it? No, it was last night. So this whole timeline is this crazy right. party where they get caught in the hedge maze. Is mm-hmm. the last night, and then dawn is the duel. And now we're a couple hours removed from that. So she probably just had a little too much to drink. Yeah, isn't the night before? Is there like a little day in between? I think there's a day there's in between. There's not a day right? in between because, have, because no. what's his name? Benedict is at the party at Sir Henry's house, right? And he well, gets called they, home to say like, okay. "Hey, tomorrow morning, it's going down GDFR." So, what time do you think these people wake up in the morning where there's broad daylight? Well, if the duel was at sunrise, you got to figure that's what five thirty or six six. Okay, so this is the summer months. So this is like, and the duel takes place over like fifteen minutes, and it's over. So, so what time do you think? Da- eight o'clock, seven thirty. What time do you think Daphne wakes up? Seven thirty in the morning. No, it can't be that early if she was at all those things. She wasn't at all those things. It was a fifteen-minute duel. <laughs> she, and then she well, yeah, but she, they also showed her riding on a horse all the way out there too. The, in the horse last was episode. sprinting though, so it could have been a okay. mile. What is? It's before. It's before nine. We're also forgetting that she also fell off a horse too before she even. That's true. Was, so she definitely so, needs to lie down. Yeah, I, I'm saying maybe she wakes up around nine to ten. So she, she, so she should be awake by this. And she's point. not the first one up too. We see mom is already up. I'm sure our listeners are like really riveted to know this what is, this time is the kind Daphne of content that we morning. promise is. I'm just curious how she fits all this in in the morning. That's a jam packed morning. If you ask me, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't get going until like eight. <laughs> And even then, it's a slow hour after that. But, I mean, I don't think she slept much. I think she's running on fumes right now. But it's all that sort For of sure. pos- positive-ish energy going on. Mm-hmm. Either way, her mother is not feeling well. Doesn't really get picked up on the rest of the episode, but she's just not feeling well in these early hours. Yeah, the only thing that this serves, this only purpose this serves is to talk about the raw eggs and garlic and the hangover cure. I mean, I've never tried that. Have you, Dave? No. <laughs> not, not interested in trying that one out no i mean i've never done that i'm not rocky balboa i've never done the raw eggs period <clears throat> no doesn't sound fun but daphne lets her mom knows what up knows what is up mm-hmm. that she is engaged not to a prince though to the duke none other and mom, mom seems pretty happy about it a little confused but a happy. duchess she is going to be for, like fergie a duchess mm-hmm and uh yeah so they are the mom makes some real assumptions here where like they're just gonna have a wedding ready to go in three days they need to start planning for that i was like really you're gonna gonna shotgun this thing but it's because 
Cressida knows about what happened. Yeah. Oh, Cressida. Yeah, Cressida. Because uh, society will make a fuss, and, and you know they'll they'll speculate that something's going on here. So it's better just to drive him to, to Vegas and get him, you know, shotgun wedding. Yeah, they want they want that like fast pass. They want to cut the line. Mm-hmm. And from there, I mean, we can go down the various branching paths and, and circle back to the story. You want to do that, Dave? Yeah, there's really not too much. Uh, yeah, this is too linear of a plot to really just like not tackle the other things first because this is the main event, but this is also the beginning of the right. episode. So the news is out, and the queen isn't too happy about it. No, she says until there's until a, there's a ring on that finger, Prince Frederick, you got to do your work. And she she doesn't seem thrilled that Prince Frederick is is uh, so cool with with the Duke. Yeah, I mean, we do see a brief scene where Daphne goes to the prince and tells him it's not going to work out, and he's like, "That's okay. (laughs) I wasn't that into you anyways. You know, I I got my options. Like, I'm a prince. I'm going back to Prussia. (laughs) Yeah, I got sausages there and stuff, and like they they take good care of me. He's like, "I'm I'm the I'm the prince. I'm gonna be. I just can't wait to be king." Yeah, this is nothing but a bump in the road. But the queen's not thrilled about it. She she wants him to to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. she's drinking, and she yeah she tells him to go after it. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the queen, we finally meet the king. Mm-hmm. In a dinner sequence, the queen, who has also rejected the marriage license of, of, uh, Simon and Daphne. We meet. She has a dinner with her husband, who has seemed to be pulled out of some sort of a nursing home bed for this occasion. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it happens, like kind of off screen, because they get the news that she denied them, uh, but it, they assume it's the prince, but no, it was the queen herself who uh, who did it. And yeah, we get a bit of insight into what's going on. And the, the king, he seems like a friendly guy. He seems okay at first. Mm-hmm. He's just eating dinner. This is this is the. Uh the old standby with television shows dealing with people, older folks with dementia, where mm-hmm. you have them start seeming totally normal, and then something radical happens, and they start screaming. Right. And that, that's pretty much what happens. Is that he asks about one of their children, and she's like, well, that kid's been dead for years. And he's like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. And he just freaks out uh, real fast. And then they, like, restrain him and bring him back. Yeah. So we get a little context why the queen is so sort of whistle down obsessed. It's kind of her coping mechanism for this sort of upsetting personal situation she's got to deal with at home. Were you interested in this at all, Dave? Uh, not really. As someone who's grown up with with family members with dementia, like I don't know. I always feel like this is kind of a uh, easy Cartoonish. trope to do. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think it's very. Uh, it's very uncouth in my opinion. And also, I know we're entering the back half of the show, and I. To be honest, I'm not that invested in the queen. I feel like she's more of a tertiary character just there to, you know, move the plot along in some respects. I don't need to know her background, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we, we get a, a hint of the queen being really interesting at the wedding sure. later in the episode with Eloise, where Eloise is, is talking to Lady Danbury about whether or not she's whistled down. And we see the queen like hones in on, on Eloise and says, you're trying to find whistle down? So am I, which I think is doing some table setting for a future uh, alliance between these two of sorts, which is 
fun, in my opinion. Let's let's make the queen. I mean, what what is an alliance? She's a she's a child, and that's the queen. I, I wouldn't call it an alliance. It's more so someone just using <laughs> them as a pawn. Maybe. Well, I just mean as far as we're pairing people up in this show. I think we're gonna find the queen and Eloise have the similar interests. They have the shared goal. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, again, you know, it's, it's funny. As, as fast as this show seems to be moving in respect to Daphne and uh, Simon, Eloise has not really changed much since episode one. She is still very much like, I don't want to get married after uh, after Daphne tells her, you know, she's laying the groundwork for her to get married. And then she's got nothing going on except she bumps into <laughs> the queen and, yeah, yeah, let's work on finding Whistledown or I'll, I'll do that for you. I'll find a, I'll let you know what I find. And she happens to bump into Penelope uh, after uh, one of the receptions and uh, they're still not talking and it's just like yep okay More of that. <laughs> let's move it along <laughs> a little bit with Eloise uh, kind of not got much going on there well I have a feeling that we have established what Eloise's arc is and we're just riding it it's very it's not a main arc that she'll find out Whistledown find out I who mean, it is I mean I'd hope so <laughs> If not, then I would feel okay. really let down at the end of the season. It's like, see you next year. Well, this character just does the same thing. So you think Julie Andrews will show, will show up at some point in the show? I, I don't know if Julie Andrews is actually canonically Lady Whistledown or just the voice. That's true. What, what if she finds out it's actually Julian Fellows who's I was going to uh, say, it's Mr. Spratt. I mean, it's, it, I think the cop-out is no, it's a man. it's Fellows. It's Fellows it, it, as it, himself. It's yeah. Oh, you got me. <laughs> He's just typing away at his typewriter. Um, so that's Eloise. That was the queen. The other story uh, is Benedict. Benedict <laughs> goes back to the the party. He goes back to Granville's place. Mm-hmm. And he's for like, another Bridgerton. wild night. Welcome. Yeah, and it's like a freaking orgy in there. It looks <laughs> like something out of Eyes Wide Shut. It, a bunch of women and men going about their business, doing things, get, getting getting dirty and they say to a lot of the women say to benedict they say hey man don't do this this could tarnish your name and is it is it um the dressmaker who's there Del- delacroix is there yeah and and but that doesn't she's the one who's like everywhere she doesn't doesn't stop him and doesn't mm-hmm. stop her from from giving him some smooches oh they're absolutely smooching it's like i don't know what De- delacroix's deal is because i know she tried to Set up Sienna to get back with um, with call, uh, with uh, Tony. Tony, but but here she's just like I'll take a I'll take a Benny, you know. Yeah, but then we see that uh, old Ben opens a, a door. Right, because he he, he's he's not content with two women. <laughs> he opens the door and he sees. Oh no! This is right before the two women. He opens the door before the two. Yeah, women. and he sees Charles Blake with a man. Yeah, Granville is uh, with a man, baby. And then uh, at the, get, going to town. And then at the end of the episode, we see uh, at the wedding, Sir Henry walks up, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, how about we not talk about that party? And then Benedict goes, what party? And then he goes, oh, by the way, this is my wife. My wife? Yeah. Uh, Lucy Granville walks in. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, results in Benedict uh, cocking his eyebrow and being like, huh. Okay. And it's so funny because they just keep dancing around like this attraction that Benedict has, <laughs> and we just know where it's going. We see where this is going. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is like this is an extremely progressive plot to put in a story based in eighteen thirteen or eighteen twenty something. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's have fun with it. Why not? 
I mean, yeah, and, and Granville had a like an extremely fit dude with him in that side room. You know, he 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 is definitely a pig man. Yeah. Some some <laughs> professions you just can't shake. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like, what is going on at this house that they don't have like the authorities uh, cracking down on it? You know, one week yeah, they're they're doing nice there. paintings and stuff. Yeah, and now it's just like an, an orgy house. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> Why not? It's um, the room of requirement. So just whatever you need it to be. <laughs> exactly. So we're just waiting for Benedict and Granville to come to a head somehow. Um, Speaking of uh, Bridgerton else? boys, c- yeah. Colin is is paying Colin. Pa- paying some visits to old Marina Thompson, mm-hmm. and Penelope's not too thrilled. Not at all. She's like listening in as. Uh, um, Marina and Miss Featherington conspire to try and entrap Colin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, and, and this is a bad, this is a bad look for Marina because she's like, I'll seduce him. I'll find a way before but we're married. At the same time, I mean, Featherington is trying to put a, put a sure off onto Rutledge, who she does not want to be with at all. Mm-hmm. But they make a deal. They say, if I can get this Bridgerton by the end of the week, all is good. So she's really between a rock and a hard place. Like, I mean, she has to get this Colin guy or she's going to be put off with this other dude. And Penelope's listening in and she... She's sad. It, she, yeah, she's just, yeah, she's sad. But she, she musters but it, up the courage cr- to talk to Mar- Marina. Mm-hmm. Do you want, did you have something to say before we get to this next part? Or No, keep going, keep going. She, she musters up the courage to tell Marina that, like, I've known, I've known Colin forever. He's my boy. Please don't go for him. Right. So that's the thing I find so funny is that she's she's telling her uh, Marina like you know don't go for Colin because he's my friend but it's like no you got the hots for him just just be real okay you got the hots for this Colin guy. But I guess we you know we we're still kind of learning that these two are are, are getting close but they're not mm-hmm. close. No, I mean she just came in from like a few weeks ago or whatever you know mm-hmm. from out of nowhere. So yeah, they're they're not you know sisters yet. <laughs> but. Uh, Marina's like, sure, I won't. I'll, I'll go for. I'll go for somebody else. How about another one of them Bridgerton boys? Well, you know, it's, it's not that easy. <laughs> uh, it kind of is. You'd think, um, but I mean, I don't think Marina's that willing to go for anyone else because she's saying like she would be connected to a powerful family, so it's actually helping you, Penelope, because you know you're part of these Bridgertons. Then, yeah, but we see at the wedding, she gets a Bridgerton. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think she really gives up the chase on Colin. I think she's pretty much focused on him the whole time. But she gets intercepted by Benedict, right? Marina does. Yeah, when she says, "I'm feeling, I need to get brought into the other room." Or is that Colin? I, I don't. I thought it was. She goes for the other Bridgerton. No, no, she goes up to Colin because she sees that he's uh, talking to another lady, and then pulls him into another room. Oh, that's simple. Uh, she needs. Yeah, she needs to catch up. See, yeah, these it was Bridgerton very boys all look the same. Oh yeah, they they all just look like doofuses with floppy hair. I mean that that's the truth of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is it is indeed Colin then. Yeah. Do, do you need me to spell that name out for you? No, I just want I just want to. I need I need I, we have been historically wrong about many things in this show, so I just want to. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent certain it's Colin. <laughs> so either way, whatever it, Colin, and if if we're totally wrong about this. We're not, we're not wrong. I've watched the show. <laughs> I mean, you watch the show about the sheets, too. 
Dude, I swear to God, I saw something <laughs> in those sheets. I don't know what it was. Well, so uh, she she tells she gets Colin and she they they almost gets hot and heavy and he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, we gotta go, we gotta be correct about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I she's like trying to kiss him already, and he's like, whoa, no, no, I I I don't got loose lips. I I need some chapstick. Uh, but she's like, well, you know, I'd be down to marry if you want to do this, and he's like, heck yeah, I, I'd do it. I'll be an honest man. He's I'll like, make you an honest at woman. The end of the season. <laughs> she's like, that's months oh, away. He's like, on. well, why don't we we do it in a month? And she's like, a month? I guess. I got this baby's gonna be talking in a month. <laughs> yeah, what am it. I gonna do? It, we find out the timeline for the baby too. That she's about three months in. Mm-hmm. So she's about to start showing. That thing is gonna be walking and talking and have Bruce Willis's voice in no time. Yeah. Then that'll be that'll be the sequel, Baby Geniuses. <laughs> no, that's, talking about look who's talking, man. Well, I'm talking about uh, Baby Geniuses. This is gonna be a Baby. Well, you can genius. talk about that all you want. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now they're they're engaged, and we'll see where that leads. I don't think this is gonna go well uh, for either of them. This this is so strange because I feel like, well, I guess we are far enough removed from the letter being forged, but. To totally pivot this plot, and I guess this is a, a an aspect of the show being a bingeable show versus a week-to-week show, that she was in love with this guy who's in the war, and she kind of wrote it off, or, you know, the guy sent the, the letter that says, I want to be done with you. Mm-hmm. But you would think Lady, we'd have a couple of scenes of Lady Featherington every week, like, oh, thank God, or just a, a line of, like, thank God she's still buying our lie, just to re- keep the fans remembering that this is still a very much relevant plot and i'm sure this will come in later but as far oh, as yeah. episodic storytelling i feel like we're we're playing leapfrog here with this marina story it's just you know it's the netflix conundrum of like you're not supposed to watch this on a weekly basis i don't think as as we're doing here mm-hmm. i guess i would need to to watch this uh, watch another netflix show in a sort of slower pace and see if it feels the same way but okay. it is very pulpy here, and it is uh, very conspicuous that they don't even mention this gentleman who impregnated her. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe because all that matters is that she's pregnant, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think uh, there, we have I've, a brief scene where Tony tries to visit Sienna after mm-hmm. the duel, and she's gone. Yeah, she left town. She's gone, so... Good for Sienna, you know she she got one more uh, pull out of this guy, and then she got out of there. Sure, that's it. But that's all we get from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see uh, Tony uh, though going back to the Daphne and Simon plot. We do see uh, Tony and Simon <laughs> catching up, saying like, "Man, what were we doing? Why were we dueling?" <laughs> like, Thank God, and, and Simon's like, "You're such a horrible shot. You might as well just point it up at the sky." Oh, I I love that that they acknowledge that you know. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you you fired the gun at least because it would have been improper, you know, <laughs> without honor to to not have fired a gun at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's sure like, that that uh, <laughs> dual master who they had to pay was like, look, if you don't fire the gun, that's an extra fifty bucks you gotta pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's taskmastering. I'm like, I I need to see someone fire a gun here. And I didn't wake he, up. He's for like, nothing. look, you put a down payment on a body bag and and a disposal and cleaning. You're mm-hmm. not getting that back just because you didn't kill each other. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and Dave, you made such a point of it last week. This is unrelated to the main plot of one of the sisters talking to another guy, and you Mr. even Finch. had them in your upbringings. What, where was that this week? It'll be back next week. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. It'll be back All when, right. when uh, Marina's man from in Spain comes back. Because I was keeping an eye out for that, and I saw nothing, and you were you were so hot in it last week. He's, he's real. He's a character. I mean, Hy- Hyacinth uh, shows up for a second. You know, she's, oh, she's, yeah, they name check her. They're like, Hyacinth, get out of here. Yeah, because she's like, was the Duke's proposal uh, romantic? And Daphne's like, humana, humana, humana. Yeah, because that's, uh, she said that the, that the prince is very romantic, so she hopes that the, the Duke at least did his part. It's like, nah, Daphne proposed to him. His leap day. Yeah. Go figure. And he kind of just had to do it. Is that is that and it? Is that really explains a lot of where we are with Daphne and Duke early in this episode is that they're uncertain around each other. You know, she looks uncertain of the Duke. He looks unsure about around her. He looks half cocked when he first shows up. He looks drunk, and it's by our measures probably eleven in the morning at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on on <prediction> time, <laughs> it's five o'clock yeah. somewhere. He's a big Buffett fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way Simon lives his life. Yeah, it's just five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> um. And they're walking around town, and people approach them, like saying they they make a fine couple, but they're like struggling even to hold hands. <laughs> because his hands are probably sweaty, probably stinks, smell like whiskey. Oh, that's true. He's probably, smells he's like probably got some slimy hands going on. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to grasp his hand, but she's just grabbing on some salt and uh, some lime covered, uh, you know, hands. So we see that uh, Daphne is concerned that what is this woman's name that that might have seen them? Cressida. Cressida. <laughs> what a stupid. You can't get name. it in your head. Cressida Cowper. What do you mean? Cressida. It's them. I I think that's a decent name. That's a fine name. You're going to name your daughter Cressida? Okay. Locked. Uh, But yeah, they're picking out dresses for uh, Daphne, and and, uh, Delacroix is helping him him out with that. And Cressida shows up, and she mentions, is like, hey, I know about the gardens. I saw what was going on there. And Daphne's like, I don't know what you saw. I don't know what you're talking about. But then Daphne like flexes. There's it later that she flexes on her. She's like, "Look, I'm about to have a rank. I'm about to pull rank on you. So watch your mouth." Yeah, she says it here. She's like, "You'll be just as you are now, unmarried and without a title." Unmarried or untitled, not without. Yeah. He's like, "Boom!" That's like a hip hop line. Right. Like you are nothing to me. (laughs) So we circle back to the marriage license after this, and Mm -hmm. we find out that you know they need to. Lady Danbury is basically or is it Lady Danbury or Lady Bridgerton are basically like you got to go make an in-person appeal to the queen and let her know you're marrying for love. Yeah. Uh and yeah, because they're denied for some odd reason. And, and it's kind of funny that, you know, we see the queen telling the prince to go to bat and we haven't seen him in the rest of the episode. He just kind of just disappears. Back to Prussia. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to go, you know, tend to his his Prussians. Mhm. So we get this uh, this scene where it's Daphne mm-hmm. and Lady Danbury and Lady Featherington or Lady Bridgerton and Simon at the Queen's. Well, well, well before that though, uh-huh. we get a lot of Simon drunk walking the streets and his friend Will being like, "Bro, what are you doing?" Like, dude, you gotta you gotta have some eggs and garlic, man. We gotta get you back on your feet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just gotta down it. I mean, Simon's saying he didn't want to get married and he let his emotions get the best of him. Mm-hmm. So then and, we go. Then, and well, no, even Daphne, she can't sleep. She's going around barefoot, you know. She's got her own concerns. Thought, I mean, a second thought city over here. Right, and, and you know, she's talking to the maid, and, and she says, 
that they may never be blessed with children. Oh, and the man is like, like, I got a friend who can't have kids and they're fine. And Daphne's like, yeah, that doesn't help. They're actually happier than I am. <laughs> you know, who like knew? They're living fulfilled you don't need adult kids. lives. They're traveling. Yeah. They're, they have money to spend that isn't going towards their kids. Uh, meanwhile, the Duke, he, he looks like he smells bad. He's wearing the same clothes, waking up the next morning at Will's place. There's some uh, hey, burnt toast there. to suck up. <laughs> yeah. Some burnt toast to suck up everything in his ghost, uh, his gut. And yeah, Will is there with his child, holding his up in wife, front of him. Yeah. And, and like, this is what turns the Duke's smile upside down, or frown upside down. He, he's uh, he's now like, maybe maybe I know, I know what a love is. Sure. <laughs> All it took was seeing my friend with his children that I will never have or bear <laughs> to make me think marriage is the answer. <laughs> yes, so now, now we know we go yeah. to the queen. And all so there. now we get to the queen. And Daphne's yeah. like, look, we love each other. It was love at first sight. And then Simon, in this moment of clarity, is like, it was not love at first sight. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> she was not attractive. She smelled. She had B.O. <laughs> I couldn't deal. But then we started talking. And we kept talking. I wish we'd stop talking, but we kept talking. And then I came around. He straight up tells the queen they had an arrangement. He tells the queen about the arrangement. Yeah, he tells he lays it bare, and she she buys it, hook, line, and sinker. She's like, but okay. He he's honest. He's speaking from a place of truth. It's a good speech. He he actually it's a fine speech. He yeah. he really loves her. And we you know see the Daphne, laughter that we br- see Daphne that she brings sm- smitten with that too. She seems like okay. We kind of we're faking it, yeah. but I guess we don't have to. No, because he she she makes him laugh all the time, and he realizes he wants her to be her wife, and it's kind of like him realizing it in that moment too that he wants her to be her be his wife. But mm-hmm. she is the one, and good God, this is relationship has really moved fast. <laughs> it oh, it really has. gone through all the paces. And then they get uh, married. They have a wedding. We have a wedding in the middle of the episode, in the middle of the season. Absolutely, never it's like where do we go from here? Never would have seen this coming at this point in the show. No, it it all seems rather fast. It's very breakneck. <laughs> and and this is where the crest. The, she comes back and says, "You know, I hope you'll remember that I'm, I'm keeping your secret." By the way, so enjoy your moment. And Daphne's like, "Whatever, I got the man. <laughs> You're nothing now." Deuces, get out of my he- my way, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Throws up the peace sign, walks away. Um, we do see uh Tony uh, telling Daphne that the Duke has refused her dowry. Mm-hmm. He, he's refused her money. So they can keep it, you know, in a trust fund for maybe kids someday. Who knows? And Daphne gets mad. She's not she's overwhelmed. Yeah. She's so overwhelmed, she leaves her reception and goes up to the, the bedroom and just sits there. And then she has the talk with her mother. Her mother, who's wearing a dress that is just insane. She's trying to outshow her daughter. She is. If it's wrong to say, you know, come at me. But she is stacked. She, the mo- mother... Bridgerton is stacked in that dress. Like, what is going on? She showed up for wedding day looking for a man. Uh, that's, that's all I'm saying. Because uh, where is Mr. Bridgerton? He's not there, right? Mr. He's dead. Mr. B? I don't, anyway. So she's looking She's looking for a man. I would not doubt that. She'll take, uh, yeah, she'll take somebody. Give her Give her a Featherington boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, so she just explains to Daphne it's most natural to be, you know, apprehensive about this whole thing. Uh, but you just got to do this one act at some point that people do, and 
you know, you'll be fine. You'll. He's <laughs> like, remember, remember how we had two dogs, and then we had more than two dogs. It's gonna work itself out. Here's what you need to know, Daphne. They were doing it in the doghouse, and she's like, "What?" It's like, I, I didn't want to tell you this, but it happened. <laughs> That's all you need to know. This act. It, it's almost like. Um, it's so funny because she doesn't explicitly lay out for, to her what it is. It's almost like you know uh, Star Wars, where one of the, the is asking how to be a Jedi. It's like, well, you guys got to do this one thing. You know, you just got to you got to feel it. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Feel it out. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where she is leaving with the prince or with the duke. She's she's moving out of uh, the Bridgeton house. And she tells Eloise, "You can have my bedroom." We don't agree on much, Edith, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you can have my bedroom. And Eloise is kind of just like spiteful, like, I don't want your bedroom, I don't care. It's going to be empty, it's going to gather dust. Yeah, I heard the sheets are dirty in that one. (laughs) Yeah. But then the prince is we ain't going to make it to the the mansion. The duke. The duke. The duke, the princess. got to get it right. There's not two princes, there's there's a duke and a prince. Yeah. So the, well, <laughs> the Duke is like, we ain't making it. We got to stop at the mm-hmm. inn. He's like, we're going to an inn on our wedding night. And then they get to the inn and they say, there's no rooms. You got to go mm-hmm. to the manger. Yeah. And their wedding is December twenty fourth. Mhm. And they they just lay their emotions out there. Where wait, the wedding is December twenty fourth. No, they I'm say saying you know that that's oh. the, in the Bible. There's no rooms oh. in the inn, so they had to stay in the manger. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Oh, so, so we see the Duke gets two rooms. Yeah, because he feels he's trapped her, and she feels that she trapped him. You know, with uh, each of their own, you know, specific wants and desires. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, especially now that they can't have kids, you, it, you know, it, it upsets him that he can't give her what she wants. And she's like, you know what? That doesn't matter. She's like, I heard, I other. heard from my maid that people can be happy without children. <laughs> Is it possible? Show me this power. And at that moment, it's like, look, we may not have kids. We can but try. But I know how to. <laughs> yeah, we can try. Kits off. Let's go. And he, and this he, is, this he takes is off. That, that steam. He takes, He's like, remember yeah, they, that talk they we had a couple weeks ago? Let's do it again. Yeah. And, yeah, he takes the dress off. And, uh,. He almost forgets to take his pants off, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I got these pants on. I gotta take these things off." And then, boing, we gotta get that boot. <laughs> yeah, back. you hear the boing sound, and we see his buns for a second. There's full on, like all, all too much. I think uh, Reg- too much Jean. between the buns. <laughs> yeah, and he fart, he toots and <laughs> right into the camera, <laughs> right there. And the camera, you actually see the camera like pull back, like, "Oh no." <laughs> Uh, and he asked her, like, you know, did you did you touch yourself? And she was like, yes. And he's like, what were you thinking about? And she was like, you know, the prince, the prince, yeah, not you. Meta, meta. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, thinking about, you know, uh, Will. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no, she was thinking about him, and he was like, okay, I can get into this. And we see more of his buns. Really, really, you know, yep. toned buns pumping into her. Oh, Renee. 
Jean Regé, not Rene. Jean Benet, sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're just having at it. That's no, no, cut to black. End of the episode. They're, they're on their way. Happily, they've consummated their marriage. They're on their way. Did you anticipate this happening this quickly in the show? Not really. No, I, I didn't think they would get married already. I, I, I yeah, I, I am aware of some development that may happen. I'm not sure of it. I may have heard something somewhere, but yeah, I mean, where do you go from the, for three more hours of TV here exactly? Let's find out. Next, because there's plenty of runway for the other characters. But yeah, yeah, for them too. I don't know. And they're definitely not going to shift to the other characters being the main plot. No. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost more invested in seeing where the Featheringtons go now that these two oh, yeah, are together. And we didn't even get any touching on the fact that the Featheringtons are broke. I mean, we got a couple, like, there's oh. the one scene where she's he's like, we don't need any more dresses, and she's like, well, you don't need your tobacco. And she throws his Right. Pipe. Now he needs to buy a new pipe. They're even in a worse and, situation. And Father Featherington has reverted back to the character that we <laughs> we saw in every other scene where he's just kind of like on his uh, his uh, stuff you know he's not he's 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 not whiny or crying or anything he's just putting on that aloof he's act sad i don't know yeah well was this a good episode Dev? oh yeah of course it was i think this was sort of everything that bridgerton promised us as far as it's yeah. steamy it moves it's pulpy it's mm-hmm. definitely not time realistic or if it is it's uh the kind of stuff that's probably not written down in the history books. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was fun. fine. You like it? Was, it? it was a good episode. All right. Well, Well, we... it's time for the power rankings. Mm-hmm. Who do you got going down, Corey? I'll start. Yes. I got the queen going down at number three. Okay. Uh, she doesn't get her prince hooked up <laughs> with Daphne. And she doesn't know who Whistledown is. She's entrusting a child to figure this out for her, even though mm-hmm. she's the queen and has the power and all the resources to figure this out for herself. Uh, and, and then we also see what her situation is with her husband, which is not ideal. Okay. Well, I got Marina at number number three. Well, she's my number two. Okay. Yeah, it's not a great week for her. She's she's she thinks she has a situation going in her favor, but it's it's not. You know, it's it's not on the timeline she wants. So it's. She may be exposed, and we also find out that the old man is spoken for. So her back, her like yeah. terrible backup plan is off the table. She needs to lock this Bridgerton it, boy down. I mean, if you were to ask Mike the situation, what this is, he would say that wow, that's a situation, and that that's what's really going on with Marina. That's a situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's your number two, my number two is Penelope because mm-hmm. we find her mom and her, you know surrogate sister effectively and, and marina are conspiring to get a man that she likes that's not making her happy and then we yeah. see she bumps into her her best friend at this wedding and they're still not on speaking terms like she right. she is not in a good spot right now i have penelope at number one and honestly i feel like the show is not doing her any favors in terms of likability mm-hmm. because i feel like as much as her concerns for for colin are, are fair and, and they register they're coming from the wrong place which it just seems like the idea is that she wants Colin and she's not thinking about Marina and I, I don't think she even does much to even help Marina or, or be there in that moment to like maybe you should try this or that much mm-hmm. she, she kind of wants her, her family member to kind of tank it and I feel like the storyline just doesn't do any favors for anyone in that family and, they all and just kind of big, come off as it's a big bad. tonal shift from the the woman who 
two or three episodes ago was with Eloise sort of being a little mm-hmm. young lady detective agency, which was fun. And then yeah, you do a hard yeah. turn into the she, fact that she's got a crush on this Bridgerton boy, and now she seems totally aimless. Yep. Not not into this whole shift with Penelope. Well, who's your number one going down, then, Dave? You seem to have she's the queen. a step on me all the time. Oh, really? She's the she's the monarch. She's in charge, and we see that. You know, she's kind of reduced to the gossip column because her life is just so destroyed. You know, and we see her mm-hmm. trying to play chess with the prince because. Her, you know, her own marriage is basically dead because her husband has some sort of dementia, which is very upsetting and a very real thing. And she's she's just sort of meddling in the social scene and and not getting her way. Yeah. So it's not a great yeah. not a great week for the queen. She's the monarch. This, she is, powerful, this is the boss but she's of the not. country. You'd think she'd be doing better for herself, but no. Nope. No, no, well, no. Dave, who is going up for you? Well, number three. We don't know where he falls on on the scale of who he's interested in, but it's old Benedict. Oh yeah, his son. Hey, he had the time of his life at that party. Okay, hard to say. You know, he had a good good time. <laughs> he's just looking for a good time. Yeah, Doesn't matter where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we yeah, also, and then he's we also didn't, didn't discuss the fact that in this this scene where it, where where it goes down between the newlyweds. How they keep referring to the word burns. I just kept thinking of Blue Oyster Cult. Where he's like, I Wait, burn for... It's a burn oh, that yeah. you have for someone. I just kept thinking, burn out the day. <laughs> burn out the night. What comes to mind when I hear that is just a, a literary author who just can't think of another word to use and doesn't bother to use it's like you know the, the source. And they just turned on the classic rock radio. I'm burning, I'm burning. Oh, ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Or they're dealing with some rough t- STD or something. Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. Could be. Well, I mean, considering that Simon's gotten around, so yeah, who knows? Oh, yes, truly. He could be actually burning, legit burning. He's like, I need to take these pants off because I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I got Colin. The dude is engaged. He doesn't know what he's engaged into, but he's he's got something going That's on. That's true. That's true. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, and number two, I got Simon. Me too. This This dude... He makes up with his friend. Mm-hmm. He marries for you know. You can see in that moment with the the queen, he kind of gives up the reins of the facade, and he's like, "No, I actually really do like this this lady, and mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna, I'm 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 in." You know, we see that moment of him sort of giving into his feelings, which is a nice moment. Yeah, and we get a lot of fun moments. Not really fun moments. Moments of him drinking this episode and just like you know coming around to it, and it's. He's got he's got a it's day it, or two. He's got a full arc to this episode, and, and you got to respect where he he ends up at. Oh, at, absolutely! By the end, so it's a, it's a very well crafted. That speech that he gives alone to the queen is, moi, great great job, Simon. You, you earned your keep. But I feel like thusly, number one is Daphne, the subject of the speech. Yeah, she uh she she is truly loved by Simon. She is married. She is now a duchess. She actually has a title finally. Yep. And, and she, she gets think, off. She thinks the inn is going to be like, she thinks she's going to be sleeping alone in this sort of rickety mm-hmm. old tavern. Nope. The, the Duke. She, she got him to watch out deed. for. He <laughs> does it indeed. And then that, yeah. So, and then she doesn't even have to have kids from this, right? So good for her. I mean, I'm sure she, she wants kids, but. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see about yeah. that. Yeah. 
so that's this week on uh, Bridgerton. And if you want more of our coverage of this kind of stuff, we did just release an episode of us covering Death Comes to Pemberley to wrap up our coverage of Pride and Prejudice for our Patreon mm-hmm. subscribers. And uh, yeah, we absolutely broke down Death Comes to Pemberley. <laughs> In like a remarkably short <laughs> episode. Well, not short, but like, we we could we we've done thorough breakdowns, but this one I think is very thorough, but also to the point. We we did our business. We did our business. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to some real business here, Dave. Yep. We saw F nine together with our boys on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Whole group of us. The family. Yeah, and I have not stopped thinking about this movie since. <laughs> I think I got to see it again. I've been reading and like listening to people talk about it every day since I've seen it. I can't stop thinking about it because I don't know. I no. I mean, did you? I think I got to see it again because I feel like I was swept up in the moment of being in a full theater with people and like, like I've been back crying to the, the whole time. I was weeping during the <laughs> Jurassic World weeping. prelude or whatever it is. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's on IMAX. Uh, so y- you don't know what to think of it then? I you, thought I, I enjoyed you, it. Yeah, I mean, I I think at the end of the day, I did enjoy it. Hmm what the series is increasingly further and further away from what I like about it. Like the, the key difference between this and fast five is fast five. They spend this entire movie working to pull a bank vault, you know, out, out of the wall and to drag it across Rio mm-hmm. with cables attached, which Here, is incredibly unrealistic. Right, but there's some you you can see that they're trying to ground it in something realistic here with like they need cables. There's tangible weight to everything. Mm-hmm. Here, they can drag stuff with magnets, <laughs> just a bunch of magnets. Well, like, I mean, Breaking Bad did it, <laughs> right? But it's absolutely a jump uh, from where we were before in terms of realism here. Uh, I mean, and it's, they, it's, they go spoiler alert: they wind up in space, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it's in some of the trailers. I watched the trailers afterwards. And I was shocked how much they gave away in those trailers. Did they give away the space in the trailer? Yeah. I, I feel like if you watch those trailers, you're like set up for a lot more than the movie actually delivers because it just shows everything. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think one of our friends talked about how it, it, there's issues with stakes at this point. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it was our friend Alec who was raising the point that they're running out of people to like kill off. And... I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I, I think expecting people to die or looking towards people dying as a way to raise stakes is just kind of like a, a cheap way out for movies that don't have an actual way to raise stakes without there being death. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's wrong just to think that's the way to do it. I think the, the issue is this movie tries to introduce this whole storyline with Dom uh, Dominic Toretto having a brother that we never knew about, Jacob. But within the span of this entire movie, that story is resolved and it doesn't really introduce new shadings to how we understand Dom. It really mm-hmm. just kind of reinforces who he is. And, Already, and yeah. Just, yeah, there's this conundrum to it. And I feel like if you were to, you know, to really raise the stakes, you have to attach some baggage to it in some ways that he has to reconcile with what he did and reckon with it. Because we see and he how did something that, bad. Right. Spoiler So, like, alert. how does that impact him going forward? You know, that that's, the, that's how you make it actually have some weight to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh especially like you know I, I could fantasy book it out but like it just I just feel like they, they take a little bit too much of the obvious route by the end of the movie of like where things should s- settle up when there's a lot more opportunity for things to, to realize yeah and and not not a plot related thing exactly but I feel like we've been spoiled in the past 
five movies with people that are that are on the level of Vin in the cast that are just that are like levels more charismatic than Vin. So like mm-hmm. The Rock, Jason Statham are like bring a new like they reinvigorated the series it both in the in their respective being and there's a nice to have yeah but but i feel like charlie's doesn't do that much in this movie and i feel like not having a true leading man because vin is a lead but vin vin is a the the paternal figure of an ensemble and i feel like Mm -hmm. they try to juice up tyrese in this one and they do a pretty good job but it's missing that that one a yeah yeah, because John Cena does not fill the role because I don't think they ask him to do enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's there, but he's not well defined. And I think it, there's a lot of pacing issues with this one, which I didn't expect coming from Justin Lin. I think part of it is they have to introduce this whole backstory that I think weighs down the movie. They spend about like 20 minutes of just flashbacks of this movie. It feels like, and it it just kind of slows down the flow of the movie, and it's just too much heavy heavy lifting uh, for it for it to like make this one of the top tier fast and furious movies it's definitely one of the bottom tier ones doesn't mean it's bad but it's not one i'm going to be like revisiting as much as some of the other ones in the series yeah i would say it's the the worst one post five maybe better than hobbs and shaw but definitely better than hobbs and shaw but that's also like a hobbs and shaw was enjoyable like so it's not like a bad yeah. movie it's just uh not well not up to the I, snuff I the, that the the standards that uh Five, six, and seven set. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that entered my mind and I can't let go of is in terms of episode nines, this is light years ahead of Rise of Skywalker. That's true. (laughs) And then I started just weighing it. What is a better nine series franchise? Is it actually Star Wars or is it Fast and the Furious? And it's like, if I have to watch nine movies, I think I'm going the Fast and the Furious over Star Wars. Well, yeah, I mean, the Star Wars, you get three, the the original trilogy is three good ones, and then yep. the prequels, you can probably skip all three. Yeah. And then I would I would watch two of the new ones. Sure. But people, a lot of people wouldn't watch one of the two that I would watch, or both of the two that mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch. Because I would yeah. watch um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but a yeah. lot of people I mean, are, are anti-Last Jedi, and a lot of people are anti-Force Awakens because it's a retread. But I guess well, like, most, of those, uh, yeah, most it, of those Fast and Furious it, movies I would watch. Like, I would if it's a a, a friend in our, our movie club, we're in a movie club, made, the, made the, the litmus test of if this is on cable and I have nothing to do, am I going to leave it on? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to turn off a lot of those bad Star Wars movies. I'd probably keep on even... Fast and Furious. Actually, I might not watch that one, but all the rest of them I would probably leave okay. on. Yeah, I, Attack of the Clones I would absolutely turn off, and I'm just trying to think of like what Fast and Furious movie would I absolutely turn off? Number Maybe four. Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's really it. It's tough though. It, it, yeah. But I mean, kudos to them for at least getting to the ninth entry in the main line of the series, and it's not. A, a sunk uh, waste of time. No, like, you definitely, there, I definitely going want to see 10 because we have so much left on the table. Right. I, I mean, when the movie ended, my initial reaction, uh, what I said out loud, was that movie was categorically insane. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it is unhinged in a lot of ways. It throws everything at you. And that's why, you, yeah, you need to see it again. Uh, and I need to watch it again. But it's hard to process how you feel about it. I don't think it entirely works, but 
It doesn't fail, I don't think. No. And that's where we are <laughs> with F9. Well, are you watching anything else? Uh, I actually started watching, because uh, I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, Fleabag. I, I saw she had a six-episode show on Netflix from 2016 called Crashing. Mm-hmm. And a few episodes into it, and then Tony Bridgerton's in it. I didn't even realize it, because he looks completely different. He has uh, blonde hair. So you didn't want uh, to watch Run? But it's a six-episode show, and it's, it's pretty fun. You didn't watch the HBO show Run that she did? Oh, I didn't. I watched the first episode, and I thought it was terrible. And then that you was, watched the rest watched of it, and I heard thing. it got it even worse. It was definitely a pandemic show. Yeah. I think other than F9, well, I watched... Are you watching anything else? I watched Fate of the Furious. Uh, yes, of course. And then uh, I finally, after I feel like uh, two weeks without it, I watched the Sopranos episode. So I'm back in the groove there. And it feels good. <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, there won't be an episode next week of this show. You know what next week we're going to do? To all the people we've been talking for six months about our Pride and Prejudice coverage, we'll give you episode one, Pride and Prejudice, which is see episodes one and two of the BBC show. So you'll get that Patreon preview of exactly what it is that we do with the Pride and Prejudice coverage. So if you like mm-hmm. that, you join our Patreon, you get the entire rest of this, the Pride and Prejudice saga. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can you can follow our journey on that. Uh, so look so forward to that next, next week. week. And then we'll return with Bridgerton coverage, I think, the week after that. I think we'll be good to yeah, go back. Be, I hope so. Yeah. Because, I mean, Netflix is meant so. to be binged, and we're going week to week, taking two weeks off. We totally lose lose sight. Right. <laughs> the show was meant to be consumed in a day, and we're just doing it over two months. <laughs> well, that's that. So, yeah, as you'll get that Patreon preview next week, and if you want to jump on beforehand and get a leg up so you can talk to the masses about it, jump onto our Patreon. We just released Death Comes to Pemberley. Mm-hmm. And get, hit them with the rest of the plugs. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can email us at Gmail. You can leave us five-star rating and review if you so choose on iTunes. Podbean. Uh, we, have, we have the website on Podbean. We, we also have merch on Public. Yeah, we're everywhere, so you know where to find us. Yeah. And that's Catch that. you next time on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah.